Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. Hey, we're back. So I want to start out by apologizing to all of you because Julie and I did not do a podcast live yesterday. We had other things going on and frankly, just the time and the day got away from us. So um, I do want to thank all of you. The Sunday podcast where Julie and I are sort of irreverent, kind of talking about whatever comes to mind, <laughs> um, obviously trying to always string it back to real estate, are beginning to um, essentially Sunday over Sunday, they're doubling the down- number of downloads and listens. So I strongly encourage you, if you've not listened to last Sunday's podcast, make sure you listen to it. We talk about things that are, I don't know, mostly important to us. We're not really focused too much on being real estate coaches. We're just sort of talking about life in general um, and uh, life in Puerto Rico and essentially our ascension to where we've been and where we want to go personally and professionally. So I hope you guys are going to tune into that because based on the feedback, it's some of the conversations we've had have been very impactful. Uh, at least for last Sunday, it was, I think, like <laughs> 16,000 of you. So thank yeah. you for that. So Julie, welcome to today's yes. show. It's always fun doing the Sunday show because it's a little bit different, but now we're back in the saddle on our, I don't know if you want to call it our normal show. It's probably not a lot normal about what we're doing, but that's all right. Back in the saddle. I would say that uh, generally the things that we've been talking about, you know, we send our articles back and forth all day, have been mm-hmm. uh, cautiously optimistic, mostly good stuff, a little bit of a mixed bag. But lots of interesting things going on. So that's good. I'm, I'm happy to see that a lot of the news has kind of settled down. Um, people are getting back into the market, getting back to living their lives. Well, let's um, be honest, though. The know. real reason we're not seeing more COVID stories and more stories about the economy yeah. is because everyone's basically you know, entrenched in the sort of social unrest yeah. and the... Focused on the newest thing. Yeah. Focused on the newest thing. And, you know, if you kind of think about it, I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I was really sick of COVID stories, too. Ugh. Sick of even the word COVID. I, was, I am so sick of so all. Tired of it. Oh, but the reality of it is, is that you know, it's the COVID thing is going to definitely become more of a story again. But you know, the social thing, and you know, it's all basic a bunch of it's a a mental game of foosball. That's how it always feels. Yeah. Where it's sort of like collectively somehow people just say, "Well, I'm I'm tired of now hearing about social unrest, and now we're going to worry about the next thing." Um, so look, you have to do your best to isolate yourselves from all of the external things that are going to try to have and always try to have a, an effect on your thinking. And it's fascinating because there's hardly ever, like never, anything that's going to be related to the news or just virtually anything that you're going to listen to it, you're going to consume it, and you're going to walk away feeling more confident. You're going to walk mm-hmm. away feeling more of service. Right. And, and I, this is something that's a fascinating fact. All of us are hardwired. This isn't a normal or a modern phenomenon. All of us are hardwired to look for bad news. We've talked about this on the show a number of times, but mm-hmm. it's important that you remember you have your own predetermined software in your head that's always going to make your, you know, you're going to always want to look for bad news. I mean, so I'll tell you guys, put this in context. Let's say you're walking in a field 
and somebody walks past you and let's say, you know, this is back a billion years ago, right? <laughs> Where there could be actual things, you know, saber tooth tigers or whatever. So let's say you're walking in a field and somebody's walking the other direction and they say, oh, on the other side of that ridge, you know, where you can't quite see, there's a delicious apple tree. You can look forward to this wonderful apple tree, and there's plenty of these beautiful apples on the, you know, on, on you know, ready for you to do the plucking. And then, um, but they forget to tell you that the apple tree behind the apple tree is a saber-toothed tiger. So, what would you rather have them tell you that there's a saber-toothed tiger that's waiting there? In other words, the bad news or the good news about the apple tree? And so, all of us have this um, notion inside of us. This sort of, again, this it's software, really where we know that our survival is dependent on other people telling us bad news. And that's hap- again, that goes back to basic survival needs. You don't want to be told it's a great day. You want to be told that what's going to cause your day not to be so great. And so what happens is that natural predetermined nature in all of us has essentially, you know, not evolved. It's always operated in the same sort of parameters. And now the news basically has become the voice telling us about the saber tooth tiger and then all everything and everyone else. So when you see people wanting to gravitate towards bad news, people can talk about forever. It's a scarcity mindset. It's a mindset this and it's a forever that. And the people make it sound like it's some sort of hypnotic woo-woo thing. But the fact is, is that's how humans have survived all these years as they basically have been passing along primarily bad news from one person to the other so they could prepare for some external attack. Well, it's survival, right? I that's mean, right. even bees do that. When they do their little bee dance around each other, they're they're passing on information that's useful that's right. to other bees. It's, it's hardwired into us. That's funny. Can you imagine a bee doing its little bee dance? passing along hey george how's your day you having a good day george (laughs) you know that's their social media they're posting exactly hey george (laughs) let me let me let me tell you some mindset motivational thing no you know they're going there's a big killer wasp or you know a murder hornet that's around the corner (laughs) that's looking for some bee brains maybe you don't fly that direction i mean that's really what's going on so it, it it does it's something that you have to be aware of because Ultimately, it's a survival mechanism, but ultimately also it's not necessarily a needed survival mechanism in this incredible time that we're all alive in because there are no saber-toothed tigers. Yes, there's external threats. Yes, there are things to worry about, but that'll always be true. And I'll tell you what, in the past six months, there's been more than a few things. On Sunday, Julie and I are going to tell you guys about how here in Puerto Rico, there was an asteroid that landed out in the ocean. And then like the next day, people saw, what was it, seven or eight lights that were yeah. kind of steadily and, and basically evenly unidentified, paced. Unidentified yeah. lights that were way off in the, into the northern horizon uh, in the direction of Florida that were essentially seen over the you know way distant ocean that were seen flying up into um, outer space. And there are hundreds of people here in Puerto Rico that saw it. Well, it turns out, and again, we're not going to rain on our parade too much. This is going to be something we'll save for Sunday. It turns out Elon Musk had secretly launched a bunch of satellites, didn't tell anybody about it. And so people here in Puerto Rico, you know, there had been the asteroid the night before or a week before or whatever. And then there's these lights that basically looked exactly like you'd expect UFOs to look that were off into the ocean. And so, you know, there it is. That would have been perfect. Then we would have had all the pandemics and the murder hornets and the... You Don't know, forget the locusts. The They're locusts and the earthquakes and then the UFOs. That would have yeah. rounded it all out. But So let's talk about real estate headlines. Yes. All right. So where should we start? Well, um, again, a, a little bit of a mixed bag. 48% of homeowners halted selling plans due to COVID-19. Well, a lot of you guys already know that because you lived through it. Um, 
As millions of Americans added to the unemployment rate each week, homeowners and buyers revised their housing plans. And there's some reports about uh, how they took a break. But uh, by the same token, there's a huge increase coming back into the market. So we had that. And then, let's see, where was the one that I was looking at? Okay. Was it the first one? 15%? Uh, Somewhere in, in my lineup here. Oh, there it is. Okay. Real estate market heats up. And I'm opening this up. Housing mark, housing demand is up 25% above pre-pandemic levels. Housing inventory is starting to improve, but is not keeping pace with demand. So here's here's talking point, right? Demand is up 25%, but active listings are down 19%, which very clearly explains why many of you are getting uh, multiple offers and really good prices right now. So that would be something to talk to your database about, your leads about, your expireds, your for sale by owners, everyone who wants to get the most equity out of their home. So again, demand up 25%, but active listings still down, new listings still down uh, by 19%. Bidding wars have caused listings to move more quickly. Sales prices are up 3.1%. Percentage of newly newly listed homes to accept an offer within 14 days has increased to four, from 42% to 47%. So almost 50% of the time, the percentage of newly listed homes are in contract within two weeks or less. This is uh, what we've been telling you guys would happen post, you know, essentially quarantines, that there's going to be a snapback. And the snapback is also, I think I sent this article to you too. Mm-hmm. It's also uh, playing out in the form of the retail sector, which is doing absolutely killer sales. Essentially, the numbers are coming back that in terms of the economy, they're coming back faster than what was expected. But you guys have to understand and putting this in perspective, when you hear about these amazing rebounds, you're taking it from what essentially is zero. So it's nowhere near where it was. Um, as far as the home sales data and all that stuff, that's fantastic. Um, but there's another article that I put up there for you, Julie, mm-hmm. that was talking about the fact that home buyer confidence is something, you know, like ridiculous, you know, multi-generational low. Mm-hmm. And the reason that buyers are pessimistic is because of all the headwinds in terms of finding a viable home. And why that's and while that is still true, you're also going to have move up buyers. They're going to be a lot more apprehensive, too. The move for a lot, a lot of you guys that have buyers, I'm sorry, sellers that want to sell, but they're worried about buying something first is believe it or not, consider putting them into a rental property yes. and then they have less pressure for selling their existing house. They can move and, and they, you know, yes, it'll require them moving twice, but that's going to give them in a better position when they're going to purchase something on the other side. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. It's interesting you mentioned that because that's been a very hot topic of late on our premier coaching calls, on our elite coaching calls, you know, our private one-on-one clients that that's a typical objection. I, I appreciate that, you know, you can probably get my house sold right away and get me maximum money, but gosh, where am I going to live? That's the objection du jour. So one of the things we've been working on is putting together, you know, your five answers to that. You just said one of them, go ahead and do a short-term move. You can do a 90 day lease, a six month lease. We've leased some of our rental properties to people in between houses. We've actually, you know, a lot of landlords can charge a little bit more, hundred bucks, 200 bucks more per month for the, the, Uh, advantage you have of a shorter term lease. Okay, so what are the options? You've got that. You can negotiate a lease back. You can buy first and sell second. You can build first and sell second with simultaneous closings, perhaps. Or you can just rent for a year, wait for the dust to settle, and take all the time you want to choose the right house. What agents make the mistake of is just not having that conversation. 
and being stymied when they hear the objection, well, you know, there's nothing for me to buy. So a lot of you will have sellers that are going to basically say, I'm not going to price my house right or I'm going to wait to put it on the market until yeah. I find something to buy. But they don't realize that that's, given what Julie just said, they don't realize that there's an easier path forward that will require, you know, frankly, maybe more work, physical work, but yeah. they can always hire movers, but less stress. Um, and there's also lots of reasons to believe that towards the end of the year, because there's an article here, on, you're not on it, but that's okay, okay. I'll read the headline. 48% okay. of all home buyers halted, uh, home, home owners halted selling plans due to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And it's for the reasons that we just stated, basically, they couldn't that's find right. inventory. Now, whether there's going to be a mad rush for a lot of people to put their houses for sale, there are in that sense that the sellers that have to sell are really going to be motivated now yeah. because maybe they should have sold 60, 90 days ago. So the sellers that would have sold earlier this year that had to sell for all the normal have to sell reasons, which are, you know, maybe it's a court ordered situation. Maybe it's a pro- house that's in probate. Maybe it's a house that they inherited. Maybe they got relocated. A lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just simply can't afford the house. Maybe it was a house that was um, afforded because both of them were working now and now only one person's working. Maybe the paychecks aren't the same. All the reasons that sellers have to sell. When you ask a seller, how do you know whether a seller's a have to sell or not a want to sell? You ask the seller, Mr. Seller, what do you what do you do you have a plan B if this house doesn't sell? And if they say no or if they say well we might try to rent it, then that tells you that's probably a very motivated seller. But the move up sellers or the the downsizing sellers Unless the downsizing sellers have been in the market for a long time, if you go to their houses and there's not boxes sitting around where they're actually clearly thinking about moving, you're not ever going to get them to transact. Downsizers in a market like this, unless you're moving them to new construction. When Julie and I sold uh, real estate, the number one move when you ran to a downsizer, because they're some of the hardest ones to work with, again, because they're not that motivated, is we would put them into a condo that was going to get built. Mm-hmm. And then they had maybe six or eight months or four months to get the house sold. That's a fantastic motivated seller. And by the way, just giving you sort of, you know, giving you more ideas here. Those of you who are blessed with lots of new construction, are you going to the new construction home reps? And are you telling them that you'd be more than happy to bring them your buyer leads, um, but also keep you in mind when it comes to this, the buyers that they have that need to sell houses? Because a lot of those buyers that they have for the new construction won't be able to buy without the sale of their current home. Are you letting them know that you're there to be of service to them? You guys have got, the bottom line is, stop looking for what to do. Stop thinking about getting started. Stop looking for your plan. Stop looking for, uh, this is not the time to be creative. This is not the time to be thinking about building your team. This is not, you can think about it, but spend all your actions doing the things that are going to put money in your pocket the quickest. Because there's our thorough belief that towards the end of this year, we're going to be in a very different market. It's going to feel different financially, psychologically. The headwinds are going to be here. We're going to be experiencing what is going to feel like potentially a significant slowdown. So between now and say realistically October, you have got to be of service service as many people as you can and make as much money as you can. And um, this buyer or the seller's market we're experiencing right now, we do think it's going to uh, fizzle towards the end of the year. So make the most of it now. Now, do we hope we're right? No, we hope we're wrong. We hope and pray that what we're going to see is some unprecedented, ridiculous, 
ridiculous, historical, bounce-back, V-shaped recovery, the most magnificent thing. I mean, Julie coined it uh, a couple months ago. Maybe this doesn't turn into the year of, you know, whatever we're going to call 2020. Maybe it actually turns into the year of miracles. Maybe this is the year where the globe essentially experienced all these, you know, massive setbacks. And then all of a sudden, the second half of the year saw everybody come together in their own unique ways and make and we all fought back and the economy was better and stronger than it's ever been i mean obviously we're hoping and we're praying that's true but we're preparing for in in such a way that that it's not and we need you guys to be doing the same thing that's right you've got to push the market forward if that's what you want you've got to do more things that other than just look in the mls you know I, i'm so tired of agents using the excuse oh there's nothing to sell them nothing to sell them well, what do you know about new construction in the area? What do you know about doing a short-term move and then finding something for your clients? One of the trends that we see, and this is from an article that talks about, uh, I think this is really interesting. If you're thinking about listing your home, consider this. Glenn Kelman, CEO of Redfin, recently told Barron's in an interview that traffic to online listings of homes in the suburbs or small towns has far outpaced those in the city by a whopping 164%. Perhaps some of those people are looking for a less dense communities or those who can work from home no longer worry about a long commute to the city. So if you've got somebody and you can't find any inventory in the one zip code that you're looking in, maybe you look slightly further out because that's where all the traffic's going to. Anyway, not to mention the prices are more moderate. You may have less competition. You know, look out of the box. One of the other things that I was very encouraged by an article that you sent me was related to this. Oh, that one right there. That is about this one, I think. The home builder confidence. Home builder sentiment posts biggest monthly surge ever, a sign housing is rebounding from coronavirus. Builder sentiment jumped to striking 21 points in June to 58, the largest monthly increase in in the National Association of Home Builders Wells Fargo Housing Market Index. So that's an index where uh, any reading above 50 indicates a positive market. In April, you and I reported yep. that it plunged to a record 42 from uh, it plunged a record 42 points down to 30. So we had a record low. Now we've got a record bounce back. Of the index's three components, current sales conditions jumped 21 percent. Uh, I'm sorry, 21 points to 63. Sales expectations rose 22 points, and buyer traffic more than doubled from May to June from 22 to 43. Builders literally cannot build it fast enough for the demand that's out there. So what, what I see, Tim, and I, I think you'll agree with this, is that this is becoming a timing story. If we can get enough inventory to satisfy the demand and people can get reemployed by the time their forbearance runs out, you know, a lot of these things have to fit together like puzzle pieces in order for this bounce back to really be well, huge. That, it, but it could happen though. It's the year of miracles, it right? Could, I mean, I'm yeah. very cautiously optimistic about it. But, you know, the fact that we're seeing these big, um, you know, changes, I think is very telling. Yeah. I mean, and also keep in mind all the people that are employed when, you know, there's new construction going on. It's not just the construction workers, but I mean, there's so much money that's generated trillions of dollars that's generated every year from construction, just real estate sales. Yeah. Jobs. Um, By the way, guys, obviously, Julie and I pay very close attention to any future looking, you know, who's interest rates were obviously concentrating on all kinds of different external forces that might somehow cause rates to go up. But we're seeing no reason to believe interest rates are going to go up. Matter of fact, we continuously see reasons to believe interest rates are going to go down. Uh, Powell, the Fed chief, actually recently said that he has no, it's not even on his radar 
to raise, raise interest rates. rates. Yep. So as long as interest rates stay really, really low, you're going to see, I think, frankly, there's going to definitely be headwinds to the re- continuation of the recovery of the economy. But if you've got somebody that's got a good job, if you've got somebody that's basically, you know, got motivation and they can get a mortgage, which frankly, again, about a month ago, they went from raising the mortgage standards down to basically normalizing them again. It, I got to tell you, if I were a buyer, mm-hmm. all of you should seriously be thinking about yeah. purchasing a house on a long-term, you know, 30-year fixed rate mortgage at rates like they are now, because there is every reason to believe that sometime either in the, you know, near, mid, midland or distant future, you're going to see interest rates go up again. You're going to see inflation cool. return. Sure. So if inflate, if you have a house that's $300,000 and, you know, you have a mortgage payment on it's 1800 bucks a month or 1500 bucks a month on it, whatever it is with rates now that are in the low threes, and inflation all of a sudden starts increasing to, say, 3%, 4%, which would be a huge increase in inflation. And your mortgage payment is essentially essentially the house will inflate or increase in value to a, at a faster rate than the interest that you're paying on the loan. So you, in essence, get the house for free. Now, if that house happens to be a rental property, then you're talking about a massive financial home run. Yeah, I mean, you could... that. Locking in that low interest rate on whatever your next house is would give you that option to keep it as a rental and move up when you feel like that. And that would be the move. Right? It would what totally be said. the move. And furthermore, if you can swing a 15-year, those rates are in the twos. That's crazy, yep. which is awesome. Okay, I've got to get ready for Premiere in a second. But in other good news, scientists hail dexamethasone as a major breakthrough in treating coronavirus. Now, the good news about this is this is an existing steroid which is very inexpensive. It's become the first drug shown to be able to save lives among COVID-19 patients in what scientists has, have hailed as a major breakthrough. Results of trials show that uh, what dexamethasone, which is used to reduce inflammation in other diseases, reduced death rates by 30% among the most severely ill COVID-19 patients. So this is something that can be deployed right away. Um, it costs less than $63 to treat eight patients and save at least one life. That's really good news. That's really amazing. So uh, again, this could be a timing issue of good news. Now, before I go, I'm going to share with one of my things I love, which is just a funny little story. Hold on, Julie. So all of you guys are, again, I was going to finish the thought here a second ago. Those of you who are looking for direction, those of you absolutely positively don't know what to do right now and you're starting to feel overwhelmed, we have already solved that problem for you. What you have to do is basically implement the 90-day massive action plan, and we give you that for free as part as part of the free coaching program. If you're not in that program, just text the word survival to 31996. Just text the word survival to 31996, and we'll text you back a link that you just click on, and then you can join the program and download the 90-day massive action plan. As a member of the free coaching program, listeners, you're also entitled to attend the daily semi-private coaching call that Julie is going to start here in about three minutes. So you had something. Yes, um, just, you know, people are reporting. I think, what did we bring them last week? There was a town in Italy that's basically giving away, um, you know, different historic houses trying to bring people back. Well, kind of similar to that, there's, there's over 200 ghost towns in the U.S., Oh, I read that okay. story. And yeah. so uh, there's a guy that, that actually bought a ghost town uh, somewhere in California near Death Valley. Well, he got marooned there because there was a snowstorm that hit the same week as the pandemic and has basically been repairing it up and going to turn it into a resort. So the funny thing is, okay, so now because people are leaving cities, that whole story, 
Are the ghost towns going to be a thing now? I don't know. We were talking about Granger on the Sunday show and well, some of these abandoned towns. So what would prevent that from happening there? Connectivity. So if he can yeah. get a little 5G tower Yes, out oh, there. and it did say that actually that they're looking at 5G for, or there's other versions of rural con- connectivity. So I just think that's interesting. I was still getting over the fact you said there was snow in Death Valley. I know. It's so weird there. And yes, we've actually been there. Yeah. So it's beautiful, it's a, actually. It's beautiful. It's most bizarre. But uh, yeah, ghost towns, maybe up and coming markets. I don't know. I've got to go to Premier. It's a thing. Some of you guys can be, go, be ghost town specialists. So Jalee's off to Premier Coaching. Those of you who are in Premier Coaching or the free version, make sure you're attending the daily semi-private coaching calls that Julie provides. Um, and we also have other coaches that run those calls for us as well. But here's the bottom line, guys. We got your back. And whatever's coming, whatever's, you know, the market as present, whatever's coming. If you've been listening to us for long enough, you know that generally speaking, we're pretty on target with regards to our, our predictions and our expectations. And I just want you to walk away today knowing that, you know, look, if you're needing direction, I've been reading emails and comments and I, you know, do my best to help you guys as well as our other coaches, you know, 14 other coaches. And there, all of us are just trying our best to say, you know, agents, listen, it does not matter where in the world you are. It does not matter what your level of experience is. Uh, does not matter. Do not fool yourself into believing that we're going to be in some sort of long-term housing boom. This is not a return to the market that was, you know, that unfortunately came to an end in February. This is the start of something new, but we're all crossing this bridge together. We're all going from the old market into the new market. And while we're doing that, you've got to be making the most of it. And this is your opportunity to get your skills on, learn what you maybe should have learned in the first place, because the new market they're going to be entering into is going to be a skills-based market, and it's not going to be as much of a relationships-based market. You know, we again, we talked about that a lot on the podcast, listen to past podcasts, um, but make the most of this market, guys. Don't be complacent. Don't be spending the next few months working on your business. You have to work in your business, doing the real work of real estate. This more than ever is the time for you to be doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Download the 90-day massive action plan. Implement it urgently. Not even thinking about it. Just do it. Don't wait around to know and learn. Just learn on the job. Earn while you're learning. Does this make sense, everyone? I hope it does. Thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for agents in the nation. Thank you for keeping our book uh, a great seller on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. We really appreciate it. Those of you who not picked up the book yet, it's called Harris Rules. Thank you for supporting our business and appreciating the fact that Julie and I truly do have your backs and are truly doing our best to be of service to all of you so that you in turn can be service to all of your customers. And then once they have a great experience with you, guess what? They're going to then pass that along. So do whatever you can right now to be of service to other folks in this market, in the new market that we're entering into. Caring, competent, and skilled agents are going to be more in need um, than ever before. I've been uh, another trend I see is agents who are living in fear that somehow we're going to become obsolete. It's never going to happen. Okay, so stop thinking that there's we're just going to wake up one day and like know why you're conditioned to think like this. Because I mean, how many? changes we had in the last six months, but we're not just going to wake up one day and all of a sudden people don't want to work with real estate professionals. The fact is, is the more the market changes, guys, the less likely they're going to be to be uh, you know, using technology and online ideas. Yes, they'll be able to get access to information and maybe they'll, some of the information like, you know, the uh, home reports from Zillow or whatever will confuse matters in some cases. But the more confusion that there is out there, 
And this is a contrarian way of thinking about it. The more data points there are out there, the more they need you to help them understand and put together the truth from all the data points. So when you see all these technology companies that you're fearful of that they're going to replace you, the exact opposite is actually going to happen provided you have the skill set to decipher all the data points that they're essentially you know, firehosing consumers with. Their, their only way forward is saying, look, I can give you all this data that, you know, before you had to go through a real estate professional. And so what do people do? They just consume it like crazy. And then they have all these conflicting bits of information, don't know what to think or how to think. And they come about, they come across you and then you're going to help them clear the air and you're going to help them make a very clear path forward. Unless you, of course, can't because you don't know how to do it. You guys see how this new market we're entering into is a skills-based market? Are you starting to understand? Don't wait for you to completely understand and accept what we're saying is true. Take action as if we were, as many of you guys have over the last 90 days. You didn't understand why we were telling you to do the things we were asking you to do, but now you're very thankful and grateful that you did, right? So this is even more true now because the uncertainty that's waiting for all of us over the rest of this year, but certainly into 2021, can be the hard stop for many of your real estate careers if you let that happen. So do whatever is in your power now to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. Start with the 90-day massive action plan. Just text the word survival to 31996. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>